Welcome, church family, back to this episode of the Deeper Podcast, where we're going to have a dis- deeper discussion over how to apply the truths that we read in our daily devotion and heard from the message this weekend. And our big idea for this week is humility is the way of the kingdom of God. And uh, for this discussion, I'm joined by Bill Horn, our worship arts team lead. Is that your title? Sure. Yeah, our worship pastor, worship arts team lead. Bill, we're glad that you're here and back on the podcast. And then Keelan Smith, our children's director. Welcome. Welcome. Hello. (laughs) I almost said welcome, but yeah. (laughs) So I think it's ironic that this weekend we're going to be celebrating Chief's Kingdom on the same weekend that we're talking about the kingdom of God and kind of the upside down kingdom. But uh, before we talk about the kingdom of God, what are you guys doing to celebrate the Super Bowl and cheer on Chief's Kingdom? You guys got any big plans for Super Bowl? Um, okay, so no. And the reason is, is because Ashton is a huge, um, huge Chiefs fan. And he gets very overwhelmed watching it with other people. And so he's coming <laughs> home from Wichita State. Okay. And it's going to be me and Travis and Ashton because Ashton does not <laughs> watch it with people. I know that sounds really weird, but he's like, I don't want to. Well, that'd be fun to, so, yes. get to spend the time with Ashton. Yes, yes. Love it. It'll be fun. Bill, what about you? Uh, we'll be at home. I think my, my mom might come over and join us for watching it. Uh, Diane and Ella are going to see a performance at the Kaufman Center in the afternoon, so they'll be coming in late for the beginning <laughs> of the Super Bowl. I'm like, you planned this on the weekend yeah, of the Super Bowl? <laughs> You're going to be in That's Kansas funny. City, but okay. Got yeah. it. Yeah. So they'll be back for most of it. So. Okay. Sounds so anyway, good. yeah. I'm going to be with my mother and father-in-law, and uh, Paige's sister's gonna, and their family's going to be in town. So I think we're going to have some Mexican food and nice. cheer on the Chiefs. Yummy. Fun. We'll probably make it till halftime and then have to go back, put the kids to bed. Yeah, you know. You know, it'll, it'll be a fun time. Yeah, I think we're going to have carnitas. For, oh, for there we go. We're having B-dubs. Nice. Oh, good choice. Yes. Good choice. They do like yep. deals for Super Bowl. They do. They? Yeah. Yep. They don't, they don't raise the price? They actually no, give you no, deal? they actually okay. create deals. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You get like six free wings for every $25 you spend, I think. Okay. Right now. For something. B-dubs, that's actually a good deal. Something. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into <laughs> some. an advertisement for Bill a while. <laughs> I, guess I haven't gone there in a while. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by. Okay. Let's talk about the, the message. So the whole message was, again, it was all about humility. So how would you guys describe what is humility? I think we hear this word a lot. I think sometimes people can have even different definitions, different perceptions of what humility is. So how would you guys describe it? And or like, how do you see it being described by Jesus in Matthew chapter five in the Sermon on the Mount? Go for it. Um, I would say one of my favorite definitions for humility actually came from Danielle Strickland. And she gave a message on it once, and it said, when you're walking in humility, you're agreeing with God about who he is and then who you are. Mm -hmm. And I have always just um, resonated with that and understanding of I I submit to God and I honor and love him. And then out of that, it tells me who I am and how I should treat others. Uh, So that's just that was a key uh, definition in my life of what humility is. Yeah, that's great. That's really good. I really like that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I was actually going to say something along those lines. I think it's having a right perspective of yourself and a, and a right perspective of God or an mm-hmm. accurate per, you know, picture of yourself and an accurate, accurate picture of the Lord. And so, and you have a more accurate picture of yourself when you have a more accurate picture of the Lord and who he is in his righteousness. And we see ourselves in comparison to that and it puts us in our place, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, common one everyone talks about is C.S. Lewis's quote. It's not mm-hmm. thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And I think that's, um, 
you know, a lot of times people say, well, that means you're thinking of others more, but I think it's actually you are looking at the Lord more as the right way to, to humility. Yeah. It's like you are seeking him. And that's just the picture of Jesus, like seek first the kingdom of God yeah. and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So it's just kind of uh, putting him in his place as the center of attention and the center of our lives attention. So we're not you know, thinking, what about me? Or, you know, what do I get out of this? We're thinking of, Lord, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And how can I serve that? You know, and so that's, I think, a picture of operating in humility. Um, you know, one of the things that was always, has always been remarkable about C.S. Lewis's picture of that, he talks about, you know, you wouldn't even notice it probably when you run into someone who's truly humble because right. they're, they're not right. drawing any attention to themselves, right. you know? And so it's kind of funny, you know, when we, we think about it, you, you think you'd notice a lot of, you know, humble people in your life, but it almost takes some reflection to kind of, you know what, that guy was really humble. I didn't, he didn't really, he was more concerned about me and was asking me questions and, mm-hmm. you know, right. trying to get to understand me and whatnot, but, um, it almost makes you feel guilty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> no, that's really good. We're, we're going to talk a little bit more about like, okay, let's talk about how we cultivate humility. But before we keep going with that, let's sit with that defin- some of those definitions you guys talked about. And what can be some of the, you know, the busters or things that prevent us from humility? So if it's, you know, agreeing with God on on who we are and on who God is and who others are, um, if it's being, you know, being more focused on others, what what prevents us from that? Because we might say, oh, yeah, I want to be humble and I think I'm humble, but how can we really like examine what what gets in the way from that? I, I have some thoughts on that. Also, I'll start. And Go then if it. you guys got some stuff, I, I really think that um, when we forget who we are and who God is, then and we forget our identity, that's when insecurity comes in. Mm-hmm. And so when we are insecure, then either we want to overcompensate, and that's where that kind of that pride comes in of trying to prove to others um, because we forgot who we are, or on the flip side, you know, go insecure and say, oh, I don't think I have anything to bring to the kingdom of God, to my neighbors, to those different places. And so as you have a right view of yourself, like your security and your identity comes from Christ and you're able to live out of that instead of trying to prove that you're something. I would agree with the insecurity. That's that's typically in my life a pattern of when I have fallen into not being hum- not being humble and walking in, hum- in humility is because I tend to then lack confidence mm-hmm. and then I try to um, shrink back. And so I, um, and worry about what people think or the thoughts mm-hmm. of others. And typically that would be, you know, me just not sharing my thoughts and um, mm-hmm. not having the confidence of yeah. no, God gave you um, those words and seeking him for wisdom and that. And so insecurity was a, is a big thing um, for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can definitely resonate with that. And I think a lot of times, um, something that re- I wrestled with too, is that insecurity, when you do shrink back and when you aren't walking and who God made you to be and who, um, who, and who he is, that is another form of selfishness. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I heard that of that is a, that is being selfish, mm-hmm. um, I think that helped me realize, oh, because a lot of times you don't picture that as being selfish. Yeah. And right. so I think that was something that helped me. Yeah, because as and as you've had a right view of yourself, understand, wow, these are the the giftings mm-hmm. and the the insights and the wisdom that God has given me. When I bring that forth, I'm able to help be a part of advancing the kingdom of God. And when right. I hold that back, yeah, I'm being selfish. selfish. 
But then on the flip side, uh, I don't think I gravitate to that side. I think I can gravitate to the other side mm-hmm. of wanting to to prove myself and yeah. show, you know, hey, here's where I belong or here's my my skills or whatever. And so I can err on the other side. And so wherever people are at, shrinking mm-hmm. down, puffing up, having that right balance to, of humility. And then it's, again, this whole topic, it's not just about doing more things. It's mm-hmm. about reflecting back on having that right relationship. And if I understand who God is and who I am, we're able to truly live out in humility. And, and it's not this do more, do less. It's I'm, right. I'm just, I'm just living who God's called me to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, what you guys are saying is reminding me of Keller's book, freedom of self-forgetfulness mm-hmm. when he yes. talks about, you know, the inflated self or deflated self. They're both kind of two sides of the same coin. The deflated self is one that was inflated in the first place and yep. thought high, more highly of themselves than they ought to, and someone knocked them down a few uh, a few rungs on the ladder, or that hasn't happened yet, and so they have an inflated view of self, and kind of neither of those are good. They're both self-centered. Mm-hmm. They're both more worried about mm-hmm. what about me or you know what do people think about me or what do I think about myself, and then he talks about Paul's perspective is I don't care what you think about me, and I don't care what I think about me. It's the Lord's verdict that's the yep. one that matters, and he's yep. declared me righteous in Christ. And so that's kind of a new, the new reality that we need to operate out of. So I think, like, you got to be careful with, like, the I have something to offer discussion right. just to be clear that it's it's something that this, the Lord is doing in you. Yes. And it's something yes. of fruit of yes. seeking him, yes. uh, not something that just... I have something to offer here uh, and thinking of it kind of as coming from yourself, you know, yep. it's got to just be something that's sourced in the Lord. It's an outflow of the work of the spirid yes. working through us. And so, I mean, that's, I think it's okay to be slow to jump into a conversation or to respond, you know, in, in, that, in that kind of thing. But if the Lord is really stirring something for you to say, then you should say it, you know, mm-hmm. and feel confident that not in yourself, but confident that, okay, the Lord is mm-hmm. impressing on me to do this in this moment. You know, uh, same with if he tells you to be quiet, just be quiet. <laughs> you know, like just yeah. uh, be comfortable just doing the thing that he's leading you to do in those moments, you know, whatever that is. I think that's, it just keeps coming back to that, seeking him and what he wants mm-hmm. uh, more than what you want or what you're trying to accomplish for yourself uh, in any situation. Yep. And ultimately, that's a trust and obedience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of what that stems from is trusting him and being obedient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I want to ask, why is humility with God and others better than what the world offers? So if the world is all about, Joe's talked about the, the Burger King, like have it your way, you know, all this stuff. And the whole, you know, the world's focused on self and here's what you should buy. Here's what you should be. Here's what you should have, all these different things. And the Beatitudes and this whole view on humility is totally the opposite of that. And so if we're calling if if we're being invited ourselves and we're inviting our church family into this upside down kingdom this totally opposite way of of intersecting with culture in our world like why is that worth it because it's going to be a total going against stream going you know upstream going against culture like wh- why is it worth it to live the humble life I, mean, I think humility is uh, kind of the foundation of actual like love and having loving relationships. I mean, you have to be yeah. humble to truly love other people and to give of yourself for other people and for them to do the same. You know, yeah. like there's got to be humility on both sides. Um, and so in order to really care for others, in order to have those kind of relationships that I think we all truly long for, 
humility is the way, you know. And if we if we approach those things with pride, it's just going to lead to destruction in our relationships. It's you know the opposite direction. Uh, and so, a lot of times, you know, the things we do to get the things we want in our lives and in our relationships, um, in our pride and our own kind of like, oh, this is going to work. I'm going to do this for myself. I'm going to yeah. you know step up and take it kind of thing. Um, a lot of times, those things sabotage the things that we want most, you know, and the, the kind of relationships that we really long to have in our lives. And so, yep. yeah. So I think that's the main thing I would say about it is just humility is the way to the kinds of relationships that we want to have with one another. Mm-hmm. Keelan, what else? Would you say? Um, I would also say that um, honoring God and who he is, is reflecting his heart to others. Yeah. And we want to draw people to him. And um, if we're not acting in that way and we're not um, depending on him and trusting him, then we are not going to be a good witness of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so ultimately I want people to know who he is in my life. And if I'm not walking in that, then that ruins my witness. Mm -hmm. And so we want to honor and, you know, and reflect him. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe's going to talk about a little bit this weekend, but humility is the posture Mm -hmm. to really appreciating the gospel for what it is. You know, and so we talk about the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter five and this like poor in spirit Mm -hmm. mourning over our sin uh, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, mm-hmm. being meek, all of those things are a picture of I don't have it in myself to save myself or to be righteous. I am without the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, I need your righteousness mm-hmm. in my life. I need your salvation. And that's one thing that's interesting. Like, sorry, a little rabbit trail. Um, so, righteousness in the Old Testament, if you look at that, like through the Psalms, through the prophets, uh, often righteousness is a parallel for salvation. So hungering and thirsting for righteousness is another way of saying hungering and thirsting for his salvation. So the righteous are saved. Those who are saved are righteous. It's kind of like an equivalent thing in the Old Testament. And so that's when Jesus says, you know, uh, persecuted for righteousness sake or hungering and thirsting for righteousness. He's talking about the gospel, about salvation, mm-hmm. the salvation message and and us receiving salvation. Um and not with the righteousness that comes from us in yep. in this picture. It's a righteousness that comes from God. So, yeah. That's where Abraham believing go- yeah. believed God and it was counted. counted as righteousness. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think, you know, our world is all is trying to say, hey, you know, if you have everything about you, then you're going to get happiness, all this stuff. And I think what we see is that everything the world can offer us is just a pseudo joy. Mm-hmm. Like it's things that yep. doesn't bring us to substitute. true, mm-hmm. lo- true. It doesn't satisfy our true core longings mm-hmm. um, for, I mean, any length of time or maybe even a short length of time. And so I know that following Jesus does not always give us that instant gratification, but as we've follow Jesus, as we live out humility, as we are focused on God and others and we're not, and and our focus on us starts to drift away because we're so focused on those things, then we actually get the things that our heart truly longs for. We actually get the true joy that a relationship with Jesus offers and a true joy that, that deep authentic relationship with other people offers us. Mm -hmm. The world can, can offer all kinds of super entertaining, flashy things, but it cannot offer us the things that last forever. God, his word, people, those are the things that bring us true and lasting joy. And so I think as we enter into this conversation and just any conversation when it comes to following Jesus, like there, there is an element of 
delayed gratification Mm -hmm. at times of following Jesus, but it leads to that true joy and not those pseudo joys that the world can offer us. Yeah. I mean, that word blessed, uh, makarios, it's translated happy are those, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of times in some of the translations. And so I think that is a true picture. And and it's very much what you said, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They shall be comforted. They shall inherit the earth. Yeah. They shall be satisfied. You know, like that, it's it's coming for us. It may not be right at this moment, but it it's a joy and a happiness here and now that's not of this world. Mm-hmm. It's of the world to come. It's of the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and uh, being with him and being along with him yeah. and on the same page with him. You know, yeah. so the second part where it talks about being merciful and uh, not taking out vengeance. And even when you're persecuted, you're doing the same. You're a peacemaker, all of those things. So that's, you shall be, if blessed are the peacemakers for they should be called sons of God. Like mm-hmm. that's, you are with him and doing the things that he wants you to do. You're being like him and you uh, will kind of receive that reward, that identification in the end uh, yeah. as a reflection of him. And so like, we can't do that without Mm-mm. humility and and as we humble ourselves, that's something that God satisfies and fills us up and gives us that joy that you're talking about. So yeah, it really is, it's kind of happy because of the hope that we have and the anticipation we have of what's coming. Like this is not all there is, there's more. So we all have like what feels like piles of to-do lists and things that we feel like are supposed to do and everything. So add to the discussion a little bit that, you know, when people hear this discussion about humility or even they read the Sermon on the Mount, that we don't want people walking away feeling like they've got, you know, five more to-do lists. So how how can this whole discussion of humility and the Sermon on the Mount really cause us freedom and not a burden? I know you guys talked about this some of the run through. So share just kind of what some of your thoughts were in there when it comes to that. Because they were brilliant. They were so good. So, Keelan, what, what's on your mind? Uh, no. Jesus came to fulfill the law and not to not to add to us, yeah. not to add to it, not to um, make us feel like there's one more thing. And, it was, and the freedom that those people probably felt um, to hear that for the first time and even the questions and the wondering and who it, it's just awesome to hear and the freedom that you have in Christ where it isn't a burden. It's not an added to do. It is sit in the presence of the Lord and follow him. That, I mean, the freedom that you get from that surpasses everything else. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's interesting because, you know, after this uh, one through 12, then he goes into the discussion about being salt and light Mm -hmm. And then he says, you know, for I say to you, like, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, not one dot will be removed Mm -hmm. from it until the kingdom comes in full. For truly, I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds, you know, like the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, like, as he's like, so this, this idea of more, uh, he starts there and then he goes into the discussion of kind of reinterpreting the commandments and kind of really upping the ante. Like Mm -hmm. you've heard it said, but I say to you, if you even look at someone, you know, with Mm -hmm. anger or with lust or, you know, it's in your heart, then you've already done it. You know, you've already crossed that line. And so uh, you're guilty of sin. And so, yes. And he goes through this whole discussion, you know, don't only greet those who greet you, but 
you know, because that's what the scribes and Pharisees do. And then he finishes in 548, unless it exceeds. So that like that more word, parason, brackets both ends of that discussion of like, this is what this is what real righteousness looks like. And it's like impossible. Yep. Like you, you end up looking at that like, oh my gosh, I can't do any of this, you know? And so there's a helplessness, which brings us back to verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit mm-hmm. <laughs> for, mm-hmm. uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Like I don't have it in myself. I can't do this. And so the, how do we have that, that more, that greater righteousness, you know? It's only with the Lord's work in us, him bearing that fruit in us. So us coming to him with humility, seeking him, and then he... He brings that out in our lives um, with that right posture. So, yeah. I think that's so important of understanding we are not the Messiah and we cannot do it for ourselves, for people, anything that. um, And so to come, I mean, to me, that comes with great humility of the recognition of we can't do it on our own. But it also comes with freedom and you get the joy and the peace that goes with that. All right. Last question for this episode, what circumstance in your, in your life needs humility to be the way forward? So the thing I was thinking about before uh, we started talking was I'm uh, just, uh, I'm kind of in this crazy season uh, with our home life and it's not like relational stuff so much, but it's just, it feels like everything around me is breaking. Just, <laughs> oh, it's... No. It's been That's like it's been three months, and you know I'm usually I'm like the handy one around the house, and I fix stuff, and it's just been kind of this. I don't feel like I have the energy in myself to like keep up with all this, and so I'm just having to like keep going to the Lord, like Lord, just help me to take care of my family and keep getting all this stuff done, and just negative at twenty a time. degrees wasn't good for your for blowing a tire. No, that wasn't <laughs> no, great. Home and tired. That wasn't great. Um, on the way to our prayer breakfast here, so um, you know, just it's been. It's just been this crazy stretch where it's really humbling me and kind of the ways I've been proud in terms of, uh, you know, I can do this. I can fix this, you know, and just so I've had to ask for a lot more help than I normally do. I mean, all that stuff. So I'm I'm still in a process of like, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? In all this? Mm-hmm. How are you trying to humble me? Mm-hmm. Um, so but that's, you know, that's where my mind goes right now. It's just. Uh, yeah. That's it. Absolutely. Keelan, what about Asking you? for help is hard. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why it is, but it's true. It's like we all feel like we can do things on our own. Yeah. Um, no, I mine what I thought of was in this stage of um my life as a parent, I think it has been hard for me with Ashton making his own decisions and just kind of letting go of being a part of that process. And just, I mean, he'll call, he'll ask us questions, and um, we only give wisdom when it's asked for. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> coaching. And coaching. Coaching. Yeah. <laughs> Consult. Call, consult. Consulting. Sorry. Yeah. And so I think that that is something that is very hard for me. Um, it's been easier for Travis, I would say, as a dad. Um, and a man of few words. And a man of few words already. Yes. <laughs> that is very true. Um, <laughs> maybe I need to just stop talking. <laughs> um, uh, no, I think that uh, that it is just hard for me because as a parent, you've lived all those things and you really feel like you can help. Yeah, you want to help. Yep. You want to help and you want to fix it for them and you want to make all the, the, you like know what the right decision is and they don't choose it and you have to bite your tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are, I would say that is where I have had to 
learn humility mm-hmm. of just letting it go, knowing God loves him more than I do yeah. and trusting that process. That's, That's really hard. hard. What are you going to do about that? <laughs> that's yeah. a hard question to ask. <laughs> so my my uh, sphere would be the same as your guys' on the on the home front, but more specifically, I would say just our journey of uh, of children. So it took a lot of humility in our season of infertility, of mm. you know being vulnerable, sharing what's going on mm. with our story. Yep. Once we got to the place of hey, we're going to pursue adoption, it took humility to hey help fund our $30,000 adoption times two, you know, and we're on our third now, um, that, that takes humility too. And, and then, and then you're a parent and then it takes humility of, I, I thought I would be good at this. <laughs> this is really hard. I don't think there's any being good as being, being a parent. parents. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone's like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. Uh, yes. Well, and every kid, like you think you, They're once you think you have it figured so out, then the next one comes along and like, I have no idea what I'm doing now. Yeah. Like I thought I had an yeah. idea. It had an idea, I guess, for the other one, but yeah. this one does not apply. Like, yeah, Jude and Lydia are very different and takes very different ways of yeah. of, uh, of parenting them, and, and then also humility. I mean, the the idea of you know thinking less of myself, uh, just even on how I I serve my family. So not coming in with serving them the way I want to be served or what I would like to do, but yeah. being like, okay, my my focus tonight is not on how can. I preserve energy or get my things done that I want to or whatever, but how can I, how can I love them and humbly be a blessing to them in what's best for them? And so I think having that shift can make it from, okay, here's the things that I should do to help be a good husband to how do I have the lens of humility of just looking at what's best for them and not what's best for me? Because I, as I do that, God will provide that energy. God will provide that, that heart and what it takes to, navigate through the season of humility when it comes to parenting and on the home front. Amen. Yeah. You guys got any final thoughts before we pray for our church family? No? Okay. Keelan, would you pray for our church family? Absolutely. Um, God, just uh, thank you so much that we are a part of this church family and just being able to um, speak into humility and know ultimately, God, that that um, comes from you. Lord, may we seek you in um, honoring you in worship and um, love and peace. And God, as we look at others around us in our church family, uh, may we treat them um, with humble hearts and love and um, joy and kindness, God, that we only know know that we get from you. Lord, even as a church family, as we go outside of that, may we reflect your heart. May we show um, who you are to others and draw them near to you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bill, Keelan, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. Really enjoyed it. And church family, thank you for being a part of this episode of The Deeper Podcast. And we look forward to see you next time.